Hooligans, and welcome back to another long-awaited episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. I know it's been some time, uh, but I wanted to come back and put out some more episodes because I know a lot of you guys are still listening out there, want to hear about a bunch of cool stories. I want to give them to you. Um, I've just been having a problem just getting not only guests, um, but finding time to sit down and record. Um, the busier I get at my shop, the more it asks of me, sadly. Um, again, it's a double-edged sword, right? I want to be busy because I want to make money for the shop. Money pays my bills, keeps a roof over my head, food in my belly. Um, but that also keeps me away from you guys. Um, so I've decided to kind of just try to make an effort of trying to fit in recording time when I can and then just kind of throwing it together. If you can't tell by my voice, I'm sadly getting over a cold that I caught this last weekend. Um, luckily got tested, not COVID again. Um, that would freaking suck, right? Twice in one year. Um, but no, uh, getting over a cold, which messes up my voice. But you know what? I'm, I've been excited just about doing this episode because uh, I'm, I'm actually going to get to talk about a lot of stuff that I really like personally. A lot of stories that I've loved since my childhood till now. Um, and I, I just got a feeling that you guys are going to like these as well. Um so let, yeah, let's just get straight to it. Uh, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, if we've had extended talks, uh, know that I am a huge, 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 huge fan of this show and then this writer in specific. Um, a lot of the writing style that I use and a lot of the stories that I like are very much inspired by this uh, this great American creator um, who's just he has such a huge library of great stories that I mean I, I I can spend every single day watching reading something else that he's done and have a great time all the time um, but yeah the uh, everyone like I said everyone I know knows that I'm a huge fan of Rod Serling as a writer and a show the twilight zone twilight zone is a show that i have really fond memories of just watching as a kid as a teenager as an you know a young adult last week like i have such a fond spot in my heart uh for the twilight zone because it's it's cool it's such a cool idea even i mean again a lot of really great memories over my whole life there's never been a point in my life where i wasn't a fan of the twilight zone once it was introduced to me um, it's such a cool idea. Again, every episode is his own story, right? Very few or or none are uh, more than one episode. So it's an anthology type series. And it's a really cool sci-fi supernatural story each episode that a lot of the times had social commentary, whether you knew it or not. Um, a, a lot like the original Star Trek run that I've just recently started watching a couple of years ago. Um, and again, it's, 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 they're written so well. I'm a big fan of, you know, I, I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like that, uh, what's his name, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, he, he tries and fails a lot to do what Rod Serling can do in one episode, which is completely throw you off, you know, have these great twists consistently, and you just never see them, never hear them, um, never hear them coming. Um, and I feel like, again, a lot in my writing, I want to give you, you know, when I'm writing out a story, the good writer's going to see where it's going, and uh, and I feel me as a better writer is to give them an ending that not one not only makes sense, right, where you see the character developing or the story going, but also surprises you. Um, you know, yeah, maybe I've seen a lot of twist endings where it's like, oh, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. When did they ever talk about this? And uh, I feel like that's a little bit poor writing. I feel like a good writer can always throw a twist in at the very end, you know, leave you on a cliffhanger, just, you know, throw you for a loop and still have it make sense when you think about it. Like, oh, yeah this and this and this earlier on in the story completely makes this make sense you know uh and twilight zone i feel is like a show that does that really really well 
And again, like I remember as a kid being so scared of some of these stories and rewatching them as an adult, being like, oh, these are so cool. Um, and I, I mean, come on, like, what's not to like about the Twilight Zone? Just the, the opening alone, you know, the do 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 Rod Sterling's narrations, you know, <laughs> I can't do it quite well, but it'd be like a street scene, summer, the present, man on sidewalk named Lou Brookman, age 60-ish, occupation, pitchman. Lou Bookman, a fixture of the summer. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's bone chilling. It's, it's just, it's, it's such a great show, great series. So many episodes could be, I mean, there's so many TV shows that have, like, one standout classic episode where you're like, oh, that's the episode, this is the one, and that makes the whole show, and I feel like there's 20 or 30 of those in, like, half the series alone. I mean, season one had, uh, you know, is, is home to, like, at least six or seven, like, banger episodes that i go back and rewatch i I rewatched the twilight zone start to finish probably two three times um or i'll rewatch it every two or three years i mean um because it's it's so good it's just it keeps me fresh and every time i watch it i i garner something that i didn't before like for the longest time uh my favorite episode was uh time enough at last because at you know my whole life i can relate to it i've said it before on this series where I am such a huge uh, fan of stories and reading, you know, growing up my whole life, I just wanted to read, right? You know, you, you grow up uh, um, in not the greatest, like, setting as, you know, like like I did a lot of times. Like, I have a lot of great memories, a lot of great family, but, uh, you know, I grew up in a not-so-great situation, sadly, and these stories and these books are just great escapes, and even up until my, you know, current life, it's like there's so much stuff where it's like, you know, well, let me just get myself lost into a book or into a story and just escape the reality of life, even if it's just for a little bit. And there never being enough time. Right. Um, and that's what was cool about the episode. You have the, the main character. He just wants to read his books. He just wants, you know, uh, his wife at home is just nagging him constantly because he's reading or trying to read. And she's like, you know, just typical, like um, angry housewife who's like, oh, my husband doesn't make enough, doesn't pay enough attention to me, blah, 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 blah. Just nagging him always. And, um, you know, at, at work, his boss is always writing him. And he just wants to read. He just wants to go by, uh, go about his life and just enjoy his books. And, um, you know, he gets what he wants, right? Like, he goes, takes his break in, uh, in a safe. A bomb gets dropped, kills everyone in the world, as far as he knows. And, you know, he's coming to terms with, like, oh, man, there's, there's no one else. Like, it's just me. It's just me and my books. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just him and his books. And then when he starts realizing, hold on, it's just me and my books. I have all the time. I have all the time in the world. There's there's enough time now, you know. Before there was not enough time. Now there's nothing but time. And he's excited and he breaks his glasses in the last, you know, minute of the episode. And now he can't read his books. Um, and then he just starts, you know, kind of crying to himself like it's not fair it's not fair there was time enough like there was enough time now there's <laughs> um like again it was just a, a a great great story with a good twist ending um yeah the uh the actors again these are a little bit before my time um the main character was a uh, henry bemis bemis um and he was played by uh burgess meredith and then his wife uh helen Bemis, Bemis, whatever. Uh, Jacqueline DeWitt was the actress uh, who played her. Um, so again, really, really cool episode. One of my favorites. And like I said, this was my favorite episode for the longest time because I can relate to it so much. 
And then uh, as I got older and as I, again, I kept rewatching the episode, just kind of, you know, sometimes you, you forget some episodes or they just kind of float over your head. And then uh, I rewatched the series again for my, what, eighth, ninth, twelfth time um, a couple years ago. And then I saw the episode A World of His Own. And in A World of His Own, it's a... Uh, uh, it takes place of a writer, you know, um, who he's so descriptive with his his storytelling and his writing that he can make things come to life. You know, he's talking about a, a beautiful woman, describes her so perfectly and paints a picture in, in the, the listener's eye that she becomes real. You know, his wife is, uh, you know, she he, he uh, she sees him from the window that there's this, you know, beautiful woman sitting on his lap laughing, you know, having a good time. And um she comes rushing in and he, you know, gets rid of her. And uh, she's like, I'm not crazy looking around for her. I saw her. I saw her. And he explains to her what happened. And it uh, turns out, you know, he has this little uh, recorder. And when he talks into the recorder, just, you know, becomes very descriptive with it. Uh, it becomes real. And then when he wants to get rid of it is he cuts the the recorded tape out. and He throws it on the fire to destroy it. And that gets rid of whatever it is that he created. So she starts thinking like, oh, he's crazy. Um, you know, uh, he's nuts. I'm going to turn him into the psych ward and, you know, take all his money. And as she's trying to leave, he, you know, describes an Indian elephant in the foyer, you know, and she, you know, you don't see it because it's in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, but you hear the, you know, you see a shadow of an elephant um, outside the door and you hear him. And then she's like, oh, you're making me crazy now. And he opens up his safe and there's an envelope with tape in it. And it's her name basically insinuating that. And, and letting the the viewer know that he came up with her as well, his wife. And she still thinks he's crazy. She's still adamant about going to the authorities or whatever. Whoever's going to block him up, basically throw away the key. And he, um, you know, in order to stop her, he throws, you know, he finally just gives in and throws away the, the, the envelope with her name on it. And she just disappears in a thin air. And, uh, and that's kind of where the episode ends where, uh, again, like, uh, <laughs> um, he's, a uh, just kind of sitting in the situation that he's in and uh it closes on with a uh, rod serling basically uh he's on the set and uh he basically says um or what was it that he says i think i wrote here he goes we hope you enjoyed tonight's romantic story on the twilight zone at the same time we want you to realize that it was of course purely fictional in real life such ridiculous nonsense could never and that's where the writer interrupts him and goes, Rod, you shouldn't, in <laughs> Rod, you shouldn't interrupts Gregory, who walks over to his safe and pulls out a tape marked Rod Serling. I mean, you shouldn't say such things as nonsense or ridiculous. I, he, he continues as he throws the envelope into the fire and, we'll, and Rod Serling responds, well, that's the way it goes. And he disappears. So it's just really fun playing, you know, breaking the fourth wall, playing with the, uh, the, uh, the meta-ness of the story. Uh, but it's such a cool idea, right? Like I, I, as a writer, hope to be as descriptive with my storytelling um, so much so that it paints paints a story, paints, you know, uh, an image in, in the listener or the viewer or the reader's eyes um, that is so descriptive that it comes to life in their mind, you know, like it, that that it's done so well. It's, again, it's, it's a really cool idea. So that quickly became another one of my really, you know, big favorite episodes. Um, and I mean, there's there's so many other really cool ones. And again, like it's it's interesting how big twilight zone became. I mean, there's the one I, I shot an arrow into the air where these astronauts, you know, again, this was you know late fifties, early sixties are still doing the space race. And uh, these astronauts crash. They think they crashed on a, 
you know, they're, they're, they're on a mission to, I don't know if it was Mars or wherever, um, but they land, uh, they land in a desert, they're walking around, and uh, one of the guys that they were with painted, a, or not painted, drew arrows in the sand, you know, it was an arrow stick with a little, you know, hat on the top, little triangle hat, and people thought it was a, or the other partners, because one of them uh, was just being kind of an asshole, kind of like uh, in it for himself. He just wanted to be the only. He wanted to survive, so he's taking like his um, his uh, trying to take his uh, supplies, his water, his canteen, stuff like that. They're fighting. The main character ends up finding out at the end, like, oh, it wasn't arrows; it was telephone lines. They never made it off of Earth. They were just a few, you know, maybe a few miles away from from the launch site so again just this really cool way to twist it you know you see it a lot where it's like yeah they they did this for nothing or it wasn't what they thought it was going to be again just cool stories like that um i wish i could remember the story there was one uh that i really liked growing up where it was this lady who was living out in like a little shack house in the middle of like nowhere you know kind of like in rural area she's wearing like a, a old nightgown um, looks very much like uh, maybe 1800s, um, late 1800s, early 1900s, but, you know, r- rural rural dress, rural area. Um, and uh, she keeps seeing these tiny little creatures um, popping up everywhere, like in her cupboards, you know, uh, windowsill, counters, stuff like that. And she's like, they're scaring her, right? Like she's... um she's trying to get away from them in her house. Like she's so scared and terrified like what these little creatures are. So by, at the end of the story, she, um, she steps on one of them, I think, or smashes one of them. And, you know, that's supposed to be the end of it, right? She, she's, uh, the, she, she's gotten, you know, killed the monsters or one of the monsters, you know, to get them, leave her alone. And then it zooms in onto the little creature, zooms in, zooms in, zooms in. And you see that it's not just a weird little creature. It's, it's a man and an astronaut outfit and then you see on the shoulder it's a little american flag pouch uh patch <coughs> and then it's like oh wow like he completely threw off my my expectations right like you thought it was a story about this lady fighting off these monsters turns out it was just these astronauts exploring a world where there's just this giant freaking lady uh and again like you, what's cool about the twilight zone it's influenced so much whether people know it or not or whether the creators even know it or not like i was watching a music video by uh doja cat it's called uh kiss me more and in the video there's this man in an astronaut outfit and he's you know floating down a river he sees these giant like goddess beings up in the you know up in the sky in the clouds whatever you know singing and then uh he hears over like static radio like you know do not interact with the whatever the the, the local species and at the end of the episode or the end episode the end of the music video you see that he's like in this little tube floating and what he's really seeing is the two aliens you know uh, uh playing a video game that's what the video he was imagining and uh again it's very much reminiscent if not directly inspired whether they knew it or not of that twilight zone episode um so again it's just cool to see stuff like that where i'm like oh hey i know that you know that, that whole leonardo dicaprio meme meme where he's like pointing at the tv like twilight zone <laughs> yeah other great episode if you guys haven't watched it already is one for the angels that's an early one too where there was a you know, door-to-door salesmen were more, you know, it was a more legit job back in the day to have a bunch of stuff, you know, to be trying to sell it. And it was about this man who just sucked at it. Like, uh, he was um, making a, you know, he's trying to make pitches, trying to sell stuff. And then, uh, you know, the Grim Reaper comes to take him. And he's like, oh, I'm so young still. He goes, oh, you can't um, can't t- take me before I've made my, my big pitch. And then the 
the uh, the Grim Reaper's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, there's a, you know, a pitch man has his, you know, he has to make his, you know, pitch for the angels, try to sell, you know, his la- make his biggest sale of his life, and then, then he can go peacefully. So the the Reaper's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever, you know, I'll let you do it, you know, let me know when you're when you're done with that, when you get it done. And uh, the guy's like, oh well, I'm I'm done selling, I'll never sell again. There you go, and then I'll just live for as long as I want. The guy's like, all right, well, just again, let me know when you're gonna be done. In the meantime, I gotta go to my next appointment, and it's one of the little tiny, you know, one of the little children, the one of the girls in his neighborhood. Um, you know, she's the next one. She's gonna die overnight. You know, once the uh, clock hits, whatever, uh, she'll be the next one to go. And then that's when he relents. He's like, oh, well, you can't do that. He goes, well, why not? And uh, he goes, oh, well, she's a little kid. He goes, well, everybody has their time. And uh, he goes, I have to do it before, you know, midnight. Otherwise, I can't get her. And so what he does is he starts selling the, you know, the the Reaper, all this stuff. He's like, oh, do you, well, you need this tie and you need this doodad and you need this. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. He, he's doing such a good job selling the stuff like the the, the Green Reaper is just buying all of it. And then the time passes and uh, the Reaper's like, oh, man, I guess uh, she, you know, I can't, you know, harvest her anymore. I can't get her anymore. And the salesman was a good thing because I'm all out of stuff anyways. And he goes, uh, <laughs> Goes, yeah, that was my my sale, my my pitch to the angels. Are you ready to go? And that's where he kind of comes to terms, with like, yeah, yeah, like it's it's time to go again. It's just a really heartwarming tale, really really cool uh, story. That again, it's just simple and you know, like uh, just a cool story. Again, the, the, that was a cool thing that Rod Sterling had is he was so creative. He had so much going on in his head that he can write different types of stories. It wasn't always just sci-fi. It wasn't always just supernatural. It was, but there was there was always a twist of sort that you didn't you didn't see coming, but it made sense, right? Um, but yeah, the, uh, again, Rod Sterling is such a, such a huge fan of, uh, of all the work he did, um, talking about, uh, Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone, um, cause that was from my past, right? Like I've grown up pretty much my whole life watching that. Something that I read recently, um, from Twilight Zone to Twilight Man was, uh, there's this publisher called Humanoids and, uh, I had seen an article for it a couple years ago when I was going yeah, it would have been one, two, yeah, like two years ago, we were on the way to New York for New York Comic Con uh, for my job, and I saw an article on Google, I just happened to see it, and it was talking about a graphic novel coming out called The Twilight Man, um, Rod Sterling and the Birth of Television, published by Humanoids, um, written and illustrated by, I'm bad with names, but I think it's uh, Corin Shadmi. And what it is, is it's a biographical tale that follows um, Rod Serling and his rise to fame and basically the golden age of television and his descent into his own personal Twilight Zone is what the description says. Um, and it is really cool because it, it's a lot of it is definitely a biogra- uh, bi- biography where it tells his history, you know, uh, how he grew up, um, his time in the war because he did, you know, he was in a he did go to war. He was, you know, he enlisted in service. I think he got drafted or he enlisted. I can't remember exactly. I have to reread it, right? You know, uh, freshen it up in my head. And basically what he did after he came out, where he uh, started working for TV, started writing, and back at that time, um, everything was an anthology. It was Everything was like a variety show because you basically had to do it live in front of a televised audience. They weren't really recording stuff. Uh, so it was all kind of go and movie magic, right? So what's cool is it shows you uh, how integral uh, Rod Serling was to the birth of television as we know it. Like uh, not only just writing, but how it's produced, how it's put out there, how it's how it's done. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for him and you know a lot of the people that have talked about in this in this uh, book, 
we wouldn't probably wouldn't have TV as the way we knew it. I mean, it probably would have came by, but a lot, a lot later time. So it's just really cool to see that. Um, a really, really cool story. <coughs> that um, the the ending again. You have to read it. I don't want to ruin too much, especially since I don't remember a lot of it. I want to reread it. Um, but yeah, everything like um, him wanting to fight you know, against censorship, wanting to talk about racism and war and a lot of these social issues and not being allowed to. So just like Star Trek, they have to put the veil of sci-fi, you know, racism are, we can't talk about racism here, but what about on a planet on the other side of the galaxy, you know, uh, or what about uh, talking about poverty in another dimension or, you know, this and that religion, um, just everything. Like, again, it's such a cool idea. And then, um, And, and just seeing like what was going on in his in his personal life too like it was so hard for him to keep it up um not only just the writing like it was so hard to before that you'd have people typing it out for him he'd be dictating it and it just was too much for them so he, that's where he started you know just recording it and sending off the tapes to people he was like here you go man make a story with this make a story with that um kind of him focusing so much on work that he failed to keep track of his health um which again it's unfortunate but it happens to a lot of people not everybody has the uh, the privilege to put their health above living sometimes and um again him trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that was a twilight zone and kind of failing towards the end of his life and again there's the, the stuff he did after a twilight zone wasn't bad it just again everyone expected twilight zone and when it doesn't live up to that one out is a failure which the funny thing is if twilight zone didn't exist now this thing would be super cool unique innovative um but right you're only as good as your you know last work and if it you know there, there's a point where you peak and it's it's kind of scary as a creator as a writer to think that um especially since you know before i start uh but it's good to see that not everyone again like all these people that i idolize deal with the same stuff um and again it has a really cool twilight zone-esque ending that uh, i just recommend you go check it out it's like a 20 25 dollar book it's not that expensive and uh yeah it was just coincidence that um when i got to comic-con you know new york comic-con they had a booth humanoid and i saw them like oh cool the twilight man um book you guys should have that tomorrow right it was this cute redhead working behind the uh the booth and uh, we were leaving for the for the day she's like oh yeah and the writer will be here tomorrow come by this time whatever whatever and you can you know get it signed and i'm like oh yeah sure you know whatever and then i roll up the next day and uh she's like oh you just missed right i'm like i don't care i just want the book you know i don't even know if i'm gonna like the book so i don't care about getting the stuff signed now i wish i did kind of make it because it would have been really cool just to uh um talk to the person a bit if i could and uh just get their their thoughts and some you know uh storytelling out of them but yeah, if you haven't already definitely recommend checking out um uh twilight man again humanoids publishes it it's a tree paperback or it's a technically a graphic novel actually um because it only came out in this form they didn't release issues for it um but going from twilight zone to twilight man we're going now to the weatherman um weatherman is a series that if you've been in my shop i've talked to you at least about it at least once or twice a month um the weatherman is probably my favorite independent title at the moment i'm still waiting for volume three to come out uh due to covid the uh creators uh I i'm really bad at pronouncing names but uh the writers jody lahu i think lahu or lahoop um, L-E-H-E-U-P, and then the uh, the artist is Nathan Fox. Uh, really cool, guys. If you look on my uh, on my Instagram, um, I actually have pictures with them from 
two years ago and then three years ago uh, when I met them both because I've, I've been really fortunate to uh, run into them at uh, New York Comic Con a couple of times and I actually ran to them more, more than a couple of times over the course of the last few years at different conventions. Um, what's cool is the, uh, so Weatherman, I would not have given it a shot at all. It would have just flown under the radar for me. You know, I would have missed out on it if it wasn't for me reading another title uh, by the same writer, um, which was uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter. And same thing with that. I would not have read Shirtless Bear Fighter if it wasn't for the crazy, ridiculous title. It was a five-issue miniseries. Really fun read. Just ridiculous stuff. You know, just ridiculous. It's like it's a guy uh, in just pants with a you know rope belt uh, fighting charming bear-like bears. You know, these anthropomorphic bears. Um, really fun, really cool story. And um, I went to, what show was it? It was uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I went to go get my book signed. The writer's like, hey, man, I got this cool book coming out um, called Weatherman. Give it a shot. If you like this, give it a shot. It's going to be a little bit different. And he described it to me. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's set in the future. Earth has been hit by a terrorist attack that leaves Earth uninhabitable. Everyone's living out in the stars. The story, the main the main character, it, it starts off, he's on a terraformed Mars. He's the weatherman. He's kind of what brings levity to all these people. Like, uh, everyone's still upset. They're mad at the government for not finding the perpetrators because they never were caught. Um, I think it was called Heaven's Sword as well. And, um, you know, they, they're they they're mad and they're at the government. And they're scared that it can happen again. And they're already out in space. Where did they go from here, right? And uh, the, his, uh, the character's named uh, Nathan Bright. And he um he kind of distracts him from that. he's zany he's you know uh, has these little fun antics, and um, the government and a like pirate organization and uh, the terrorist organization all think that he did it because he has a lapse in his memory from seven years and back he doesn't remember that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's basically the everyone's after him and it's it's a really cool story. Um, yeah, it's, it's written so well, and then uh, the writer, uh, Jody, he's very good at, uh, like I said, he, at these uh, cliffhanger uh, twist-like hook endings, because, again, as a, as a writer and uh, an avid reader, I like to know or think that I know where a lot of these stories are going, because that's how I would write it, right? And what Jody does is very, again, reminiscent of like what Rod, Rod Serling would do, where it's like, you're right, it is going this way. But this, you know, he sets the hook and you're like, whoa, I didn't even expect that. There's stuff that happens at the end of the first volume, the end of the second volume that you're like, I never even thought about this. This makes so much sense, but I never even thought about it. And um, yeah, I'm still waiting for volume three to come out because uh, it's supposed to be the third and final volume to this series because they usually do five or six issues. I forget how many there is per volume. Unfortunately, again, with COVID and everything, uh, these guys have had to pretty much put it on hold or slow down their uh production of it because they got to pay the bills they got live you know not again not everyone's privileged to just do the stuff that they like doing all the time and make money off of it right away uh so i talk to everyone anyone and everyone that comes into the shop asking what should i read i always say weatherman and the funniest thing is everyone's so resistant everyone's so resistant to reading weatherman i have a shelf at my shop called roman recommends and weatherman's always on there um, along with a bunch of other good titles. Um, and I always point, Weatherman, if you want something, there's nothing else out in the industry that is like this. You can make each volume into a movie, and it would do really well, or I think I would, because it's, it's written so well. There's great characters, great flow. Everything just works perfectly. There's no, it's, you know, it's all kill or no filler. You know, there's no fat that you can trim off of this. It's just all, all lean. Uh, 
And um, what I um, what I find funny is again, everyone's so resistant. They don't like the title Weatherman, which I was the same way too. If if it wasn't for the writer of a series that I like telling me to read it, I would have been like, not nah, pass. You know, it'd be like <laughs> it'd be like if somebody's like, yeah, watch this or read this book called The Garbage Man or read this book called uh, The Window Cleaning Guy. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't care. Like, um, but again, I give it a shot. I took a risk and uh, I, I loved it. Like it was it was done so well. And again, a lot of my uh, regulars, you know, I have a bunch of people coming in and they ask and, and I'm like, check out Weatherman. Like, uh, what about anything else? Then I recommend something else. I'm like, oh, that was good. What about something else? I'm like, Weatherman. Oh, what about anything but that? So again, it usually takes like three or four times for them to be like, fine, I'll give it a shot. They'll, they'll break down. They'll buy the first volume. They come back in like two or three days. And by the second volume, they're like, dude, that was good. And they come back two, three days after. And they're like, where's volume three? I'm like, got to wait, just like me now. And uh, But again, it's so funny how resistant they are. And as soon as they give it a shot, they're like, this is the best story. I have not had a single person come back disliking the series. Um, and, and again, I, I like to take some credit in the sense of providing a good atmosphere to share stuff. I only put books that I actually think are written well on my recommended list. And I, again, it, I just happen to really like the writer's um, other work. Um, and I'm really good terms with him. Uh, again, uh, I've, I've met him a few times at conventions. He's got some really cool uh, um, convention exclusive variants that I bought the last uh, <laughs> on both the first because they do it for uh, issue one for each volume. They'll do a convention exclusive, only like 500 issues or whatever on the variants. And I've bought the last one for both uh, at New York Comic Con the last few years. And I'm hoping to do that with uh, the next one as well. Uh, when volume three ever kicks off is uh, by the uh, one of the uh, convention ones whenever they kick that off. Um, but again, I like to take credit, uh, at least in my local scene for spreading the good word of the weatherman. Cause again, everyone's so resistant to it. And I'm glad that I'm able to just keep pushing it. I sell through so many weatherman trades just cause I push it so freaking hard. Um, but yeah, if, if you guys are ever looking for a good story, um, set in a sci-fi ish universe, you know, it's sci-fi cyberpunk kind of, um, definitely check out weatherman is published by image. There's two trade paperbacks out volume one and volume two, um, check out the creators, jo uh, Jody LaHoop and Nathan Fox. They have other work that they're working on. Uh, they're on, uh, Instagram. They're on, uh, Twitter. Oh, that's my neck popping. I'm dying. Um, <laughs> I'd love to talk longer. Um, uh, but again, I am getting over a cold. I'm hoping to have more guests, um, and do more stuff. Uh, but in the meantime, I gotta, I gotta get some rest. <laughs> um, again, sorry for the delay. I was hoping to be able to get to this sooner, uh, but just life's, life's been crazy, and uh, and I, I love doing this. That's why I keep coming back. That's why I, I keep telling people, you know, I'm not done with it. It's just going to take some time. Um, as always, if you have any questions, um, any suggestions, just send them my way. I'll, I'll answer questions on Twitter. Right, Twitter, not so much, but, I mean, I'll, if you send it, I will answer it. But Facebook, Instagram, uh, best way to get a hold of us. We have an email. Uh, we have the Discord server on Twitch. No, we have a, disc, a server on Discord, usually in the link, nothing on Twitch yet. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out. Thanks again for checking everything out uh, and goodbye. Adios.